Hello everyone and welcome back to more Knowing Wheel. Yes, we return today. We've had a lot of podcasts uh, over the last couple of weeks, but we're back once more uh, to review all the goings-on from the Italian Grand Prix weekend. Of course, as always, I'm joined by Jamie183. How how are we doing, mate? I'm good. Yeah, a lot of uh, lot of Formula 1 for the past three weeks, but we've uh, yeah, we've got it, got through it. And um, yeah, Italy was a, an interesting race, to say the least. There's a, lot, a, a decent amount to talk about, so yeah. Um, we get straight into it. Yeah, yeah, I think we should. Like we said, you know, we've had three non-stop weeks of Formula One action. It has been very, very good fun. You know, a good way to come out of the summer break. Unfortunately, now we've got three weeks of no action again, but I'm sure we'll discuss <laughs> yeah. that a lot more later on in the show, of course. But now we've got to try and think of things to come up with over the next couple of weeks. But as always, quickly before we jump into the Italian Grand Prix antics, there will be links down below. Spotify, you know, we've hit now, I think we're almost at 500 listeners over on Spotify, you know, small numbers, but we're getting there slowly but surely. So, you know, if you can help give us, give us a follow over there, it'd be greatly appreciated. And of course, yeah, download the show, you know, if you want to be out and about listening to more Knowing Wheel. Of course, the best podcast for Formula One, because we actually know what we're talking about sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Italian Grand Prix weekend, of course, we had all the F1 action going on. I think we also probably should give a quick shout out, shouldn't we, Jamie? F2 and F3... Every single race this weekend was controversial for some reason or another. Yeah, or I didn't every, actually... I didn't there were two championship deciders this yeah. weekend. They were both controversial. <laughs> and then so was the Formula One. Yeah, although controversial in that there's a bit to talk about, but it wasn't controversial in that they didn't really... Uh, we'll get to it later. We'll get to it. <laughs> Uh, should we should we start with it or are we gonna are we gonna talk about it later? We on? could start with it. Start I'm sure it's it it's what most people want to talk about, isn't it? In Formula yes. One, the end of the race. Oh no, we'll talk about the Formula One stuff later on. I meant F two and F three. F two, yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. This has been an uncoordinated mess to start Absolutely. this week's show. We, as usual, we might know we might know what we're talking about with Formula One. We do not know how to host a show. Um, I guess we'll, we'll kick it off then with we'll go up up the rankings. Formula three. First of all, you you don't tend to watch F three. I didn't DJ catch any F three. No, I, I value laying in bed at eight am rather than watching Formula three. Um, I, so I didn't. Led in bed and watched it. Oh wow, living a high life over here. Yeah, I know on my phone exactly. Um, yeah, this was I think the first weekend this year since Bahrain. I've actually been able to sit down and watch all of the racing action. Of course, you know, I've got big, big announcement cover this week that Jamie's already leaked about three times on this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. I haven't made official anywhere else on YouTube or any social media for that matter. So I sat down and I thought, you know what? I'm going to get into it. F3, F2, F1, IndyCar as well. I've watched some of that and a tiny bit of world endurance. I had a proper motorsport weekend and it was brilliant. The F3, though, was controversial. Now, to paint you the picture... Jamie, five cars go into Sunday's feature race with a chance at the championship. Yes. Two, three of them, three of them, I'd argue now, because Isaac Hadjar was starting so far down the order, were really long shots. It was pretty much Victor Martins, uh, Ollie Behrman and Zane Maloney were all still sensibly there or thereabouts. You know, it was going to take Isaac Hadjar a miracle and Arthur Leclerc basically needed everyone in front of him to crash out, which, to be fair... Is the opposite with of what Arthur... usually happens. With Arthur Leclerc in the race, there is a fair chance he will crash <laughs> a lot of people out. Um, it was going quite well. Victor Martins was doing the job. You know, he had quite a sizable championship league going into it. It was really a case of either he got monzered uh, or had an engine failure or something like that. Um, until late on in the day, where we get an incident between two of the drivers out of the second Lesmo, and they red flag it. And then also give Victor Martins a five-second penalty. So you think, right, restart's going to happen. There's, I think there were three laps, two laps maybe, to the finish. Martins is going to get destroyed here and lose his championship. And then the FIA kind of turn around and go, oh, no, we don't have enough time. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, I saw what happened on Twitter. People weren't very happy. Um, And you can understand why, I think. Um, Especially since, am I right in thinking, was it Behrman who was likely to win the race? Uh, it, so Zane Maloney? Maloney was winning the race, but I but think Behrman was going to win the championship if they restarted. It was it highly likely, yeah. And um, so it was kind of a bit weird with the way everything was working out. Obviously, Victor Martins would have lost a lot of points. Had Zane Maloney lost a single place, it would have. Pr- Sorry, had Behrman lost a single place, 
it would have then been Zayn Maloney's championship, which I think yeah. a lot of people were ignoring, to be honest. Mm, um, but yeah. obviously, if Zayn Maloney and Behrman stayed at the front, and obviously Martans got relegated due to his penalty, it would have been Behrman's championship, just. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of, like, those three drivers, no disrespect for the other two, but you think Behrman's probably the one with the biggest future in front of him, just because of the age. I would and... argue Zayn Maloney is the real deal. Really? Behrman's Three like feature race wins in a row. Yeah, so Zayn Maloney. Is he? I, I thought Maloney was a bit older. I, th I thought he's only 18, 18, 19 at the absolute most. Uh, Zayn Maloney is 18. I was just saying Zayn Malik by accident. Um, <laughs> not him. Uh, Zayn Maloney, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, out of the three, Martans has definitely got the lowest ceiling, I think we'd argue. So from a, like, from a neutral point of view where you want to see the young talents or like the biggest prospects do the best it was quite hard to accept that maloney and bearman weren't going to get the chance of winning the championship in formula three but another like little caveat to actually caveat which is a very smooth in 2014 was it no it must have been 20 i'm not off it's all gone wrong 2014 was ocon and verstappen it wasn't the same it wasn't in controversial or anything. european f3 in european yeah. f3 but like ocon won the championship being about four years older than Verstappen, who everyone was like hyped about, that's kind of the same he's situation. Not. He's two years older, isn't he? Not even that, I thought. But like everyone knew that Verstappen was kind of the one that would go to higher places than Ocon oh, did, yeah, even at that yeah. point. And that's like the F3 Championship. What I'm trying to say, it doesn't really matter because making a name for yourself is what's more important. <laughs> okay, so and I think I think Berman. Is... Well, it matters to do well, but like coming first or second or third isn't massively relevant when everyone knows what happened and they can kind of think Bear and Melanie that wants to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, I think you're probably giving a bit of a disservice to Victor Martans because he spent so many years with no funding and mm. it really has sort of set him back and the fact he's still able to sort of do what he's been able to uh, has been impressive within itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, any of those three, I mean, we've, I think we've already had confirmation, haven't we, that Isaac Hadjar uh, will be moving up to F2 next year. Mm -hmm. He was, he was gutted. I think he just made that one mistake in Friday qualifying and that was basically championship over for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, he's, he's on the road to F2 now. Uh, he'll probably, I reckon, end up down at somewhere like a Carlin. I would have thought, you know, Behrman will definitely be in F2 Prima. next year. <laughs> I can't, I can't see. Yeah. He's probably going to be a Prima. Um, obviously, you would have thought Victor Martins will get the call up as well. You know, he can ART. end up at UNI Virtuosi or ART. Um, I think the only real ones there, isn't it, that's sort of up for debate still. I wonder if Maloney will do another year of F3. I mean, he won the last three feature races in a row, so he was looking pretty strong towards the end. Whether an F2 team will give him a call up, um, but I guess the sort of the big name there that's probably a bit more of a surprise, isn't it? And I'm interested to know your opinion on this. Arthur Leclerc, what mm. do they do with Arthur Leclerc now? Is he just going to have to do one year in FIA F2 and see what he's capable of and then get I shipped so. off to Ferrari's LMDH programme? Or is he just getting straight shipped off to Ferrari's LMDH programme? I think they'll give him one shot in F2. Because um, we tend to see like the top eight to the top ten roughly from F3 do make that step up all at once. And some of them sink and some of them swim. So... Like, yeah, it will be interesting to see, but I, I kind of expect at least the top five who are in championship conversation to all kind of step up at once. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fair. Is it again, like all these things, it comes down to money, uh, doesn't it? At the end of the day. Speaking of F two, though, probably the less controversial mm. uh, race weekend. I mean, there was a lot of carnage still. Yeah. But Felipe Drogovic, he's done it, champion from the yeah. pit lane. He got taken yeah. out by, I think it was Amory Cordiel, wasn't it? Lap one. It was one of the fair yards, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and watched poor chair get a bit unlucky and not quite make the progress he needed to. So, yeah, won, won it from the pits. And fair play to him, a completely deserved champion. Yeah, very consistent across the course of the season. Everyone else kind of, there's certainly drivers faster than him on their days, but it wasn't those drivers' days very often. So Drogovic no. kind of kept picking up the points and yeah, did it all he needed to do. And he's confirmed as Aston Martin reserve driver for 2023. Which, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting considering they haven't actually... Oh, of course they have. I was going to say they haven't replaced Aston Vettel yet, but yes, they, they did that immediately. They, a lot so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> forgot just about that. Sleep throughout the entire summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I personally would have loved to have seen Drogovic get a call up. You know, maybe down at your Hasses or somewhere like that. Uh, just to sort of give him a year in Formula 1, see what he's capable of. It doesn't because... surprise me he hasn't, to be honest. No, no. it's uh, He is a bit like your, your Davide Valsecchi or your... Um, Fabio Lima. I can never... Yes, I can never remember his name. All I could think of then was Bruni, but that was years before, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't F2 either. Um, no, definitely But yeah, not. I mean, Drogovic, Drogovic has done everything he needed to, hasn't he, this year? You know, he's proved himself and he's now within the F1 circle. I guess the other real talk still, of course, are Teo Porcher just spending the whole year getting mecha-chromed. Um, uh, he was quite course... inconsistent as well. It wasn't all down to reliability. Are we, are we going to talk... You're just trying to play everyone else down. I'm going to let Jamie have two minutes just to hype up his boy here. Guan Yu Zhou, driver of the weekend. No, not driver. <laughs> he oh, was very, oh, very good all weekend. A... Who? I was talking about Joe Guan Yu, because that's who Porcher is up against for the seat. So I'm like... Oh, right, sorry. I thought but, I thought you were going to back up a certain Red Bull Junior. Oh, they are. I was so annoyed. <laughs> the F2 feature race was just ridiculous for Liam Lawson. And after, yeah, obviously I was absolutely baited into thinking he might get a shot at F1 this weekend when Gazi was ill on Thursday, um, which didn't happen. Uh, yeah, Lawson puts it on the front row. Very good qualifying. A uh, couple of hundredths off pole. Yeah, sprint race was fairly solid. I think he came fifth or sixth in the sprint race, which is all you can really expect when he's starting so far down. And then feature race, he's in the lead. Everything's going well. And then a safety car gets called as he's just gone past the pit lane, which happened to you in AOR once, if you remember that, at <laughs> Monza. Um, did I still win that race? Yeah, he did. And me and Fred got did a free Lawson fifth stop and you still race? won. No. <laughs> so because... I'm better than Liam Lawson. Yeah, well, your competition was me um back in the day so <laughs> pretty poor um but yeah lawson then kind of was on the road to recovery and then yuri vips took him out so <laughs> yeah not not the best weekend the minute i back a driver in a junior series they just immediately just have all the worst luck in the world <laughs> jamie does i've seen jamie back so many junior drivers we've known each other what now six years which That's is terrible. mad when you think about so it so long I've seen you in that time back so many juniors that have either made it to F1 and completely fallen off, made it to F1 and been completely unlucky, never got a podium in Formula 1, <laughs> looks at Nico Hulkenberg, or just as soon as you backed them in the junior formula, have just, have fallen just apart. watched their careers fall apart. It's incredible. Honestly, if yeah. you are an, F1, an F2 team, you want Jamie back in your rival next year. Hit him yeah. up on Twitter, at Jamie yeah. underscore 183. And pay him off to support your rival because he will destroy them somehow. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Liam Lawson will be too too pleased with uh with me anymore. But there we, I don't know if he ever was. No. But there we go. <laughs> I can't imagine so. <laughs> no. Shall we move on to let's, let's the main talk? Formula points. One. For Formula One. Do it. Go on, Jamie. Talk oh, me through oh, free well, practice. We had a before the weekend. We had an absolute boatload of penalties to hand out as um as we come to expect a track that's easy to overtake on everyone thinks oh this is a good time to use penalties uh to get new engines so yeah i think it was in the end seven drivers with penalties i've written them down oh you have amazing so yes science hamilton sonoda all got back at the grid penalties sonoda's wasn't an engine penalty or it was kind of an engine penalty kind of a 10 place grid penalty for getting two year reprimands after he said that dutch people have no brains um no not dutch people <laughs> is that sorry. what it was for I was think that it, what was. it was for. It was some comments. I didn't think it was for that. Oh, okay. I didn't. Or maybe I it was. No, no, no. That. It wasn't. It was actually driving around without his seatbelts on, because he took yes. him off to get out. But it would have been funny if he got it for saying Hamilton fans have no <laughs> brains after Sandford. Um, yeah. So his those three back of the grid: Science, Hamilton, Snowder, uh, Schumacher, Magnussen, and Bottas had 15 place penalties, which effectively put them in front of the back of the grid people, unless they qualified in the top four, which wasn't going to happen for those three um perez had a 10 place penalty and verstappen had a and ocon had five place penalties verstappen just takes penalties every week at this point to make the races more interesting um exactly give himself a bit of fun yeah yeah and it worked out he's won from the most different grid positions from the whole history of the sport now apparently has he yeah what that can't be right yeah he's won from loads of positions do you know here we go jamie a fun fact for you Okay. When 
the last driver won from P9 in a Formula 1 race. What, what a weird stat. That's not even related to this weekend at all. No, completely not. But I, I saw a stat on it at the weekend and I thought it was Ocon fascinating. Ocon won from 10th in Hungary. That's not what the question I'm asking. So, no. every other position inside the top 10 has had a race won from that position since 2013. Kimi Raikkonen won from 7th place in Australia 2013. Yep. And then that was the oldest one apart from ninth. That's really weird. I wonder. I don't. I have no idea where to even begin to guess who it would be. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, go for it. I have no g- clue. G- guess, guess roughly the year. Of course, every. Well, other you're you're hyping it 10. up as if it's like a super long time ago. Every other. So I'd go the someone like um, in the last ten years. Someone like Johnny Herbert. So we're thinking late 90s. Like late, early late 90s, yeah. 1984. Wow. Nicky Lauda. That is bizarre why it's that long ago and the rest of them have happened in the last 10 years. Well, I'm guessing the others, of course, were because for a long time when we had that weird... Obviously, if you made it into Q3, you then had to start on the tyres you used in Q3. Mm. So then you had a lot of drivers that would start lower down and not do a lap in Q3 and start on a fresh set of tyres. Um, but yeah, just Formula One's been weird over the last few years. Yeah, but Verstappen's just love to see it. Try to tick them all off. He's going to win from P8 next week, P9 the week he's after. Gonna, yeah, yeah <laughs> he's going to try next year to win. He's going to start one race from first, second, yeah, third, yeah, so on yeah. and so on. Win from every single position on the grid. <laughs> that will be. That, I mean, worryingly, I can see it happening. But anyway, yeah, just messing speaking around. of speaking of Max Verstappen and Red Bull this weekend. They weren't as dominant as we all expected them to be. I think no. we kind of were expecting a Red Bull walkout, but after free practice, it became quite clear that Red Bull were running a bit more downforce than Ferrari, and Ferrari, home race, extra engine modes, that probably meant an explosion going on <laughs> at the back of the yellow car, um, but it, it was looking tight. Yeah, Leclerc was very happy after Friday, thinking that he had the pace for pole on merit. Oh, obviously, he was the only one at the front gonna get pole anyway because both red bulls and science had penalties um but he was he was pretty confident of yeah that ferrari's pace so yeah it could have been a a role reversal from what we saw at spa where the red bull was just ridiculously op but yeah it was interesting to see ferrari actually kind of be on it in terms of pace for the first time probably since i don't even know when it would be zanvoort were they that quick at zanvoort yeah they were right there they were just yeah i guess they just didn't really do much in the race did they they were a bit quiet but they were there or thereabouts for at most of it yeah um and i guess the other big talking point there wasn't it of course was poor alex alban bless him Mm. uh, out for the weekend with appendicitis and we literally found out probably about an hour before recording this podcast that he had a really bad reaction to the anesthetic as well bless him so not a fun weekend something like lung failure or something wasn't it pretty mad yeah yeah Pretty, He's got three weeks to stuff. three weeks to recover before the next Grand Prix, so he should be back in time for that. Yes, yeah, bless him, and obviously both of us wish him a speedy recovery mm-hmm. uh, before the next race out. But that meant Jamie, probably the feel-good story of the weekend, wasn't it? And we'll obviously talk about that a little bit more later on. Nick DeFries, F1 first race debut is the word yeah. I was looking for. Ten years after his tuned debut. Ten, ten years after his tuned debut, yeah. Lando Norris never made it to tune, and he's almost won races for McLaren. Lando Norris was about fifteen when tuned, really. If that, really. how no Lando's our age, isn't he? Yeah, he'd have been twelve yeah. or thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good. Re- uh, the first driver to compete in for in the same Grand Prix for two different teams since also I think nineteen eighty four. No, which is a weird. Crofty mentioned it, but I don't remember what. I thought what it was 1964 was and it was Jack Brabham. Oh, maybe it was. At Monaco, yeah, I'm not if I sure. Correctly. I've failed on that stat delivery there. You, but we you move have, on. You've ruined um, the stat there, Jamie. I have. Yeah, so De Vries did obviously Friday in the Aston Martin. Um, and then he did FP1, yep. So yeah, Nick De Vries in, in the, the last week has been in three different teams. He was obviously Mercedes at Zandvoort last weekend. Yeah. Aston Martin on Friday, Williams on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, He's it really was, wasn't it? It was so much like going, what happens here if Defries beats Latifi? That surely means Latifi is in the bin. 
Sure. And I don't think it's and... I don't think it surprised any of us when come Saturday, Latifi went out in Q one and DeFreeze made it through. Yeah, yeah. I do think Alban was really on he was gonna do well this weekend if he was able to compete. But, but yeah, yes. Alban and DeVries, all respect to them, but they're not that high caliber, like top level driver. They're obviously very it good. It was a, it was gonna be a good track for Williams anyway. It was, yeah, definitely. Um but it kind of just shows that Latifi is yeah useless very very poor <laughs> yeah and actually here's a, a, a spoiler for the race but Reese did score points on his debut that yeah. brings us well onto the uh the quiz for the week oh you've really tried to shoehorn that in that was very well shoehorned i have no idea what you mean um, i mean you've jumped way ahead but i have a little bit but i'll, I'll allow it there are no that's not how i want to start this question okay. nick Reese scored points in his debut yeah um you very simply, you've got a minute to name the last ten drivers to score points in our debut. Oh, Christmas pudding! And your minute is going to start now. Yuki Tsunoda. Correct. Lando Norris. Incorrect. Um, Alex Albon. No. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of rookies. Latifi almost did. George Russell certainly didn't. Um, oh, Danny Kvyat. Yes. I've just gone so sporadic there immediately. Yeah. That's been a disaster. Um, Pierre Gasly. No. No. Um, oh, this is going to really annoy me incredibly quickly. I'm trying to just think of... Like, you've got, you've had half your time. Uh, Sergei Sorokin. No. <laughs> no? Oh, damn. No, he was in Williams when they were terrible, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, no. This is going disastrous. This is Jamie. awful. This is a I'm very panicking. poor show. You've got 15 panicking. seconds. Um, Sergio Perez. No. Carlos, no, I've already said Carlos Sainz. He didn't. Oh, he did. You didn't say him. He did. Oh, I didn't say him. Uh, Charles Leclerc. No, he didn't. He was useless. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, it's uh, it's gone. That was. How far? Can I ask quickly? How far back does the tenth most recent go? Uh, the tenth most recent was Sebastian Vettel. Okay. So yeah, you you. There's quite. It's interesting because there's a lot of obscure rookies that like. All the, the really high-level rookies, the likes of Norris or uh, Leclerc, those kind of drivers didn't score on their debuts. But um, you missed Joe Guan Yu uh, this year in did Bahrain. Did he score, did he? Yeah, 10th place. Oh, yeah. I, I, um, honestly, I completely forgot he was a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> rookie of the year, what are you talking about? Uh, Stoffel van Dorn. No, De Vries's. Stoffel van Dorn in Bahrain 2016. Yes, Bahrain 16, yeah. Felipe Nazar. Felipe Nazar, yep. Yeah. Marcus Ericsson. My, oh, no, Ericsson didn't. He was at Ericsson catering didn't, before. Yeah, he was at catering first. No, he was catering. That's fine. Uh, K Mag, second place on debut. Yes, his best ever result still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul De Resta got tenth in Australia 2011. Who oh, remembers him? Yeah, uh, Sebastian Bourdais in 2008 Australian Grand Prix, and Sebastian. Yeah, Vettel. even though he did, no, he didn't. Did, no, he did finish the race, didn't he? He did. But he was like three laps But down. he lost to Raikkonen, who DNF'd. It didn't finish, And Raikkonen yeah. came seventh. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, Sebastian Vettel in USA 07. The one before I mean, that, that is was a Lewis horrible... Hamilton. I was going to say, it would have been Hamilton. And then Rosberg before him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that is... That's a horrible, horrible little quiz. Yeah. You didn't I do mean, very it's... well, I'll be honest. Yeah, but it, I, there's so many, like, there's such an obscure amount of things. That yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. gonna, not gonna shame myself too badly. Plus, you did terrible when I tried to ask you Dutch drivers at school. Oh well, I got the ones I should have done. So yeah, to be fair, you actually did <laughs> annoyingly well still. Um, right, let's let's wind it back then, Jamie. Uh, we'll we'll go through qualifying. Of course, Q1, not particularly eventful. Both Aston Martins, both Haas, Nicholas, Satifi out. How many more weekends? Well, Sebastian Vettel will be shocked that he goes out in Q1 oh, by the end it's of the insane, year. It's insane, isn't it? It's Seb mad. in Q1. What? No, really? No Again? way. <laughs> like, it must have been maybe four of the last five or six races God that me. you get. You hear that message at the end of Q1. Okay, Sebastian, we're P16. It's like, no way. <laughs> it's like every time. Just say something different or just FOM, stop playing it. Well, yeah. There is a bit of that, but I guess he's the only one inside that bottom five that has a motion. Anyone cares about? You say, so. you, you say that to the Latifi, he's there like, "Hi, oh, good day, mate." I can't do a Canadian Wait, accent. That was good day. That's the wrong end of the planet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Latifi's like, point, "Oh, we're within one hundred and seven percent. That's good." 
We can exactly, start. Yeah. <laughs> K-Mag's just angry all the time. Um, yeah. Mick Schumacher spent all of last Probably year just qualifying 19th. Yeah, and then Stroll's useless anywhere at qualifying, except for mm. his one pole position. Same yeah, amount as poles as Nico Hulkenberg. Crazy, and Lando Norris. And Lando Norris, yeah. And one more than Perez, am I right in saying? No, Perez got pole. No, Perez had Jeddah this year. Didn't he? Ignore me. Yeah. Ignore me. Um, Q2 as well, though, I think was quite an uneventful affair. Of, of course, we had Nick DeFries straight through. Uh, bottled Q2, sadly, but he was joined by Yuki Snowda, who didn't set a lap. Uh, Joe Guanyu, Esteban Ocon, and Valtteri Bottas. After Jamie spent all of Saturday hyping up Joe Guanyu, being quicker than Bottas. <laughs> and then he wasn't, which did make me chuckle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I do hype Joe up an awful lot. But yeah, he delivered on Sunday. That's where the points are. Fair enough, it's a very good point. Um, yeah, and then we got into Q3, and Charles Leclerc did it. Put it on pole position for Ferrari. We kind of expected after Friday that, you know, Red Bull would just kind of, I don't know, going to try. Um, but, <laughs> for I mean, to 120.1, it felt like both teams were sandbagging quite a lot, and then both kind of went out all guns blazing at the end. But it was yeah. Leclerc on pole. And it was a typical Carlos Sainz fastest on the first runs and then doesn't quite have that last little bit. That Leclerc and Verstappen yeah. tend to have. Um, yes. But yeah, I, I think Red Bull had kind of set up for a race pace because obviously they had the penalties anyway. So it was kind of Leclerc to lose. Um, yeah, Red Bull maybe being nice to them in their home race, like have pole, but we're going to win the race. So yeah, we're going to just prolong your, your dream destroying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it ended up with the penalties. Uh, yeah, it was very... It was hard to get excited because we basically knew Leclerc was going to be on pole unless he stacked it. Um, 1.3 seconds quicker than the car alongside him. Yeah, yeah, George Russell in second place. The only other big six car without a penalty. Uh, McLaren Road 2 took about 15 years to get the grid finalised. But yeah, McLaren Road 2 with Ricardo actually being semi-serious all weekend. So fair play. It must be one of his better tracks because obviously he won there last year. It's because there's um, next to no corners. Yeah, it's just putting your foot down, which I think I could do most of the time. Uh, yeah, Pierre Gasly and Alonso uh, in row three with Verstappen starting seventh. Nick it De Vries. It was the old Dutch row four. Yeah, De Vries, Joe and Latifi somehow <laughs> after going out in Q1 that ended up in the top ten. Um, but that didn't last very long in the race. I mean, my favourite one was the fact that both Haskars had 15 place career penalties and got moved up the order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does need a bit of a rework, I think, the penalty system. But yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because when it? you're later into a, a a rule reg cycle, it generally calms down. Apart from when Mercedes are trying their rocket engine on Bottas every week. Um, but yeah, this, this year, it's every time there's a good track to overtake on, people just take a million penalties. So, I mean, we expect do, it. Uh, what, USA next we, or Mexico, maybe? Me, uh, USA, I would have thought. I think the thing yeah. as well, isn't it, is like Monza and Spa are always tracks they take penalties at because, of course, you've gone through the summer break. Everyone now has hopefully made, obviously, prior to now, made some developments on their engine. I mean, even now, they're obviously making reliability um, measures on their engines, which, of course, boost performance. No one's stupid enough to believe they don't. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it happens every year, but what could Formula 1 change? Because it is frustrating, isn't it? The fact we get to the end of a Saturday, and it took, what, about three hours for the grid orders to actually mm. come out. Do we need a different system in place for the race that then means that, say, for example, I know some people have said, like, if you've got penalties, you have to take a drive-through or something like that. I think, I think potentially going back to the old way. Five place penalties are fine, I think. Yeah. But 10 and more, I wonder whether it's got... Like, say, for example, a 10-place penalty, penalty could be replaced with a drive-through, and 15 or more would be replaced with a drive-through stop-go. I would quite like them to go back to... They used it in the mid-2000s a bit, but um, effectively, like, they add time onto your quality time. So at the end of Q1, say you've got a 5-place penalty really and it carries work, the whole though. way through. Why didn't it work? Like... At the end of Q1, you add half a second onto anyone with a five-place penalty. You add a second onto anyone with 10-place. One and a half seconds onto it. I mean, I guess it's a bit unfair because at a track like Spa, one and a half seconds means a lot less than a track at Austria, for instance. Yeah, well, this is what I mean. 
Like, there, I but, don't think there's any way you could sensibly yeah, you kind of have to percentage, but that's way too complicated, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you and, add on and then 5%. again, you just get the same issue where you're looking at a grid order that then doesn't, you don't confused, know what yeah. people are doing anyway. Yeah. They, they, they've yeah. got to try and work out a way that it's less confusing at the end of the day, mm. isn't it? And I think, I think I that's guess you could why, make you know, an. You could algorithm it at the end of Q1 to just add on the percentages. You could algorithm like, it. You, yeah. You could and that could be instant. If it worked, that would be instant. But then we yeah, know how graphics It still doesn't make work. sense when you see someone cross the line and like they do a 121-1, like half a tenth off pole, and then suddenly it actually comes up with a 123.642, and they're upside down yeah, inside Nicholas Satifi's Q2 run. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's a difficult then, one. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's just just a bit weird isn't it because you can't even just add like a post-race penalty because that would just be a disaster that would be insane yeah. max could just take a penalty each weekend win by 30 seconds then it's still just his win um yeah yeah but yeah it's like i said i wonder whether there's going to be in race penalties instead for it um or of course we bring back what was it 2005 where you could only replace your engine every two grand prix that would be yeah fun. engines had to last two races like wow yeah. strict <laughs> new measures the <that> honda <laughs> really struggled with genuinely oh nine vettel set out practice all the time because they had a limit of eight ices which is the only it was just a v8 engine back then obviously yeah you had to set out so many because they struggled to keep it down to eight for the whole season when a season was 17 races or yeah i guess it's the thing do they just make the penalties even harsher or make teams focus on reliability more than pace but then yeah i don't know it's a it's a discussion for another day i think yeah i was gonna say then you could have like drivers being forced to sit out of a race weekend but that'd be awful that'd be terrible 14 cars show up (laughs) that's bernie eccleston's dream (laughs) no bernie eccleston had a lot of dreams for formula one but yeah none of them are very good let's let's get into the race though jamie we have rambled on terribly 33 minutes my recording's been going before the race that's uh getting off a record i reckon talk me through the start yeah and immediately uh Lando Norris from third on the grid just dropped down hugely. I thought it was going to be a massive accident seeing it live, um, but luckily not. So yeah, uh, Leclerc covered off Russell at the start. Russell kind of cried a bit about getting forced off at T1, but that was never going to get anything. That was just Leclerc taking his line. Uh, Ricardo P3. I was astonished. I don't know why at this point in the season, but I was amazed at how quickly Verstappen got through. <laughs> like The end of lap two, he was third. It's just insane. Um, well, by turn one of lap two, he was third. He was fifth, yeah. Yeah, so no, by the start of lap two, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so rate, rate of progress. Back in, what, I mean, 2017, 2018, he was just over 10 cars for fun, starting last every week race, and so now he's exactly. putting into practice winning championships. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Alonso got a pretty bad start, didn't he, as well? Mm, um, yeah. Of course, Gasly has to let him out of the way, because that's how Formula 1 races are rigged, remember, if we learn anything from Zanville. And obviously, Lando <laughs> went backwards. It, well, I know I watched it with one of our other friends. It was a massive Max Verstappen fan, bless him. Shout out to Kane, I know he's listening. Um, but I said to him, like, it wouldn't surprise me if Max was P3 at the end of lap 1. And there he was, P3 yeah. money in lap 1. It just always, at the moment, seems to fall into place for him, doesn't it? And there was yeah. certainly a moment later on in the day where it felt like that. But <laughs> oh, it's I mean, absolutely not. We're going to have a discussion about that later. <laughs> we are, we are. But yeah, I mean, Verstappen's just doing everything he needs to. Lap two, he was already past Ricardo. Lap five, he jumps Russell. No one really, there's no point in having a battle with him, is there? Um, Especially not unless, all that's... unless you're a Ferrari, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I mean, whilst all this is going on, we've got Sainz and Lewis slowly picking off cars further back down the order. I and Sergio Perez's car. What's that? Science was rocketing through the field. He was, he was going, he was like, overtaking well. everywhere, overtaking into any corner what he liked. He was doing bits, and Hamilton was the one kind of kind of taking his time, but eventually ended up, yeah, pretty similar parts of the track. Still right the behind him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, whilst all this is going on, Perez, I think, flat-spotted his tyres, hadn't he, which meant he had to come in at the end of lap eight, and then his car started to catch fire. Now, yeah. this was brave, I think, by Sergio Perez, because he can quite visibly see smoke pouring out of one of his front brakes. Mm. Does that stop him doing 210 miles an hour <laughs> around the circuit? Of course yeah. not. Yeah. Like, there's a very real possibility of getting a Kimi Raikkonen Nürburgring type failure from 05. Um, I was thinking more Seb from Monza a couple of years ago, but yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but even so, like, who knows what could happen when your brakes are not working to the optimum condition at Monza? Like, there's very high speeds and very short runoff areas when you're going that fast. So, yeah, fair play for carrying on, but I think it affected his pace quite a bit because he seemed to not be pushing as hard as he could have been on his outlaps on the hard tyres at the start. Um, but yeah, very very weird that it didn't cause a retirement, I thought. Yeah, no, quite impressive, wasn't it? Because, I mean, the key there is just put more air through it, and the key to doing that is just go yeah, quicker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lap 12, though, Sebastian Vettel, happy memories early on in his career from Monza. A lot of really bad ones in more recent times, let's be honest, and this weekend it got no better. Uh, lap 12, engine gives up. And that's the end of Seb's Monza dream. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, one more race goes by for Vettel before the end of his career. And I it's mean, he's not got to just very be, well. He's just got to be begging on the end now, hasn't he, surely? It must yeah. be surely so Surely he can get... I mean, you know, when he retired, we were like, maybe a podium. I think a point at this point. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, yeah, it? yeah. It's so, yeah. so depressing. But yeah, like yeah. I said though, that brought out the safety car, uh, which allowed no, obviously didn't. Charles Leclerc. Well, the VS virtual safety car. The virtual safety car. Sorry, yeah, Charles Leclerc of course pit under that. Max Verstappen didn't, and that's when we knew Ferrari had made a mistake because Red Bull didn't copy them. And Red to Bull be fair to Ferrari, I didn't think that was that bad at the time. No, it wasn't they, helped, of course, because the unlucky. virtual safety car mm. stopped when he was in the pits. The VSC ended very quickly. Um, I thought, and like he was halfway down the pit lane. I did have a sudden think of, oh no, this race is going to be boring. When Leclerc looked like for a second he might come up behind the whole mid-pack behind yes. Ricardo. Um, but luckily was, for his sake, was able to stay a hit in front. And it kind of, like, it's a shame. We'll get onto it later. But like, it it would have made the race interesting if they'd have stuck to that idea. Because it obviously got him a slightly cheaper pit stop than Red Bull would going to have to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you couldn't argue with the Red Bull's race pace anyway, but it just feels at the moment like Ferrari is still trying to outsmart themselves. And like, yeah, I don't know yeah. why, because again, I'm obviously in the same position with you. I think Leclerc should have just, unless he had issues with those tyres that we don't know about still, he should have just tried to hang out there to the end. If he got jumped by Max, he got jumped by Max. If he pits, he's guaranteed to get jumped by Max. Yeah. Ferrari, it's like they're for almost, some reason, they're almost just trying always to want to chase. Yeah. It's like they're almost trying get to get Verstappen more race wins. Well, I don't even think it's they're trying to get Verstappen race wins, but for some reason they seem to believe that they do better by being behind than in front. <laughs> Which, if Which they've never watched obviously before, the no idea sense. is to be in front of everyone. Well, apart um, from Canada 2019. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird one. But I don't think that call in itself was bad from Ferrari. Um they got quite unfortunate with the timing at the ending of the VSC. But yeah, that left, left Verstappen in the lead. Leclerc was going a bit faster for the next phase of the race. Um, but yeah, it was, especially later on, it was kind of like all over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a bit a bit disappointing. I mean, we saw Max Pitt on lap 26, uh, obviously, and he came out, well, about six, seven seconds behind Charles yeah. Leclerc and was yeah. just... The gap was staying fairly level, and then Max started taking a couple of tenths out of him, sort of lap after lap. So we saw, yeah, Charles Leclerc pit again, lap 34. Uh, whilst that was all going on, Hamilton proved the haters wrong and overtook <laughs> Fernando Alonso. Nice, only being able to lead from the front, mate. Was that not for P4, P5 or something at that point? Yeah, it was about P5, P6, yeah. That, I would I would define so, that as a front, as a Hulkenberg fan. If, I, if Hulk okay. was P4, I'd be buzzing. I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. Um, but yeah, like we said though, Leclerc pit again lap thirty, uh, lap thirty four. It was really this time weird that there's I don't Monza. Get it. Yeah, Monza has one of the biggest pit lane loss times just because of the, the speed you're going on the straight compared to in the pit lane. Like, it's one of the easiest one stops of the year because the race is so short. There's barely any tire deck because it's about four corners really. It's like, why would you intend to do a two stop? And like Ferrari. What lap? What's it, lap 34. So there's 19 laps left. You've only done 22 on the tyres. His pace wasn't falling off at all at that point in the race. And they just pit for soft. It's like, why? <laughs> just see just see what happens. You might get a safety car later on. You might get another VSC where you could take a cheap stop. Just pitting at that point yeah. was just completely like throwing in the towel. It was like, there's no way I, you're going to make up 20 seconds. 
And I don't know whether it comes from the whole Ferrari thing of, you know, it's always spoke about, isn't it, that the media in Italy run Ferrari. Whether they thought, if we have a tyre blowout with two laps to go trying to gamble it, they'll go, well, you should have pit him so he guaranteed the points. But come yeah. on, you're already out of the championship. Just That's throw living the in dice. Fear, yeah. Just try and go for the win, especially at a track like Monza, where everyone there is there to see you win a race. Like, the, yeah. it was such a cautious strategy. If it was no rolls reverse and like Ferrari P2s. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if if it was the rolls reverse and I don't know like Verstappen was the one who had long to do on his tires and obviously he's trying to protect the championship lead at that point you're like yeah pit take the points. Yeah. And it's not yeah. your home race so no one cares. It's like yeah it was just a bizarre decision I think. Another one. Ferrari just Ferrari <laughs> it again don't they? I mean the race was a bit odd wasn't it right because there was bits and pieces going on. But yeah. not a lot of it was particularly exciting. I guess the only other really big memorable moment before the ending uh, was obviously Hamilton's cheeky little double overtake uh, that was on nice, Pierre Very Gasly nice. and Ricardo, if I remember correctly. Yes. Was it? Yeah. Was it not Norris and that, Gasly? I know it was a McLaren and Gasly. I thought yeah. it was Ricardo, yeah. but you could be right. I, I think actually, no, I pretty certainly was Lando Norris now you've said it. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, that was a, that was a cheeky little one. You know, the why really the old fox has still got some tricks up his sleeve. I mean, good there's out tractioning more... out of turn one. Yeah, he did really well. I read it like a book. And I mean, there's more talks aren't there now, which I'm very surprised by. Hamilton, you get in the sense he isn't done with F1 yet again. Well, I feel like he relishes the challenge. Or like, obviously, he'd rather be winning or have a chance of winning races. But I think he. He was almost getting bored of just having Bottas to fight. Like, yeah, obviously, well, not obviously really writing fight. history and stuff like that. Yeah, not really fight, but just have Bottas on a leash quite easily. But now he's kind of got a project to get in behind again, like to try and rebuild Mercedes from the terrible one year it's been since the championship. <laughs> yeah, 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 crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. could we see Hamilton go to the end of 2025, 2026 even? I think by then... He won't be the Hamilton we know now or knew last year. Anyway, he hasn't but, um, fallen off at all yet. Mm, I think he's done a bit worse. I mean, 2021, he was made with some mistakes as well. But yeah, I'd like to see him. I would really like to see him say he's able to fight for wins next year just because I want to see Verstappen be Hamilton again because Ferrari are just yeah. so incompetent. Ferrari are useless, are useless at that. And I think, you yeah. know, the big thing is, isn't it, for Mercedes, if they go back to a normal side pod concept next year, that might be what brings them right back to the front again. Um, yeah. But yeah. again, that that is speculation, I think, for another day. I'm sure we, we've got plenty of time over the next few weeks to talk yeah. about all the goings-on uh, for each of the drivers. Um, and then, really, we kind of got the final bit of controversy. Like we said, F2 ended weirdly with Drogovic winning the World Championship from the pit lane. Victor Martins won F3, controversially, in the pit lane. <laughs> and then... The Formula One race, Ricardo's engine gives up with five laps to go, and I didn't realise this is what you do at a safety car finish, Jamie. But apparently, races can finish under safety car. Did you know this was possible? <laughs> oh, we're going to bring Abu Dhabi right back into it, aren't we? <laughs> it's too soon still. The scars cut deep. And, and, and to be fair, you've got to admit, it is a, it is a point that should be raised in these moments. Uh, yeah, it's got very obvious parallels, of course. Um, yeah, I think though, like I I didn't watch the race live. I watched it on catch up later on, so I hadn't I hadn't been on Twitter all day, so I didn't see the live reaction on Twitter, which is obviously a great place to get the general feel of a an F one audience was from. Universally hated. I really don't get why. Really, there was one thing like, that confused me, but the rest of it was kind of done all right. Obviously. S- yeah. Ricardo stops his car. I was trying to think earlier, earlier on today. I was like, is there anywhere else on the whole calendar that's more difficult to recover a car from than the inside of Lesmo 1 and Lesmo 2? Apart from yes. the Monaco tunnel, I couldn't think of anything. The Singapore tunnel? Where's the tunnel? No, that would be easier. There's loads of runoff. Like, there, you've got a, it's a narrow track, so you've got to get a small I mean, crane. actually, in the tunnel. The Singapore tunnel, as in between what is it, 21 and 22 that's tiny points, yeah. though isn't it but anyway yeah, still gonna be difficult. it is but there, there's a crane right there because remember when kobayashi and senna ended up there in 2010 they recovered those two cars uh, really quickly anderson bridge same circuit 
Remember Ericsson that would be when hard. he binned it there? Ericsson did that, yeah. That took a bit of time. But anyway, it's a very difficult place to recover a car from. People uh, people who wanted the race to be starting, if you're going to do it by the book, which obviously we have to do now because of Abu Dhabi, because if you, if, if you just bend the what rules... What do you mean we have to now? We should no, have but if, if, if you bend the rules now, it would just be pointless that we went through Abu Dhabi and there was loads of inquiries because you'd not learned anything. Obviously, it should have been done properly then, probably. Probably? <laughs> <laughs> I understand why they did what they did, but it wasn't entirely 100% right. You're, you're um, basically saying it was wrong. Timmy, Timmy <laughs> you can admit it. Enough time has passed. There's a grey area it. between right and wrong. Okay, that's where I'm standing. Um, oh, dear God. You yeah, so it was, it, it, the retirement was on lap 48 of 53. 53. So you've got... Almost like 53 effectively, 58. You've got a tail up all the cars. That takes best part of half a lap, usually. Maybe a more. You've it's then got a... Because they messed it up. Yeah, they? they did mess it up. We'll get into that later. Um... You've then got to clear the car, which takes a fair amount of time, especially since Ricardo left it in gear, which didn't help. Um, yeah, so clear and getting the crane onto the track, clear the car. That takes probably at least two laps. So at that point, you're saying it's, what, lap 50, 51-ish. Then you've got to let the lap cars through, which, interestingly, you don't actually have to do. But if you do that, you've then got to wait another lap to restart the race. So if uh, they no, were it's, running, it's been changed in the rulebook now that you have to let all of the, you either let none or all through. Yeah, you, that's what I mean. You either let none or all. Yeah. So they could they could have kept it at none, um, and restarted, but then they wouldn't have really got a climax because there were two cars between Verstappen and Leclerc anyway. What was like so in terms of that, you're you're very very pushed for time. It didn't help where the car was. It didn't help that Ricardo let it in gear. I don't think they could have done much different in this scenario now here's an idea for you jamie there's this thing in formula one called red flags and red flags are a safety measure used when the track needs repairing or there's someone in danger they're not to be used for entertainment purposes there was a tractor on the circuit yeah that can recover a car safely without the need of red flag it, you still it's still not comfortable viewing to see Formula One cars driving past a tractor. At least at least for me personally. But everything was under control. That's a very slow part of the circuit. N- it never is everything fully under control in Formula One. But like if you're on a motorway, there's a lorry stopped in the hard shoulder. Latifi still is in a Formula <laughs> One. Yeah, but the thing is, you you see a motorway. Formula One's a sport that's meant to be entertaining. Like the motorway no, is not entertaining. you're behind a safety car. Like I'm no, what I'm saying is like you've got a, you say you've got a stopped vehicle on a motorway on a hard shoulder, and you're driving yeah. in the the slowest lane on the motorway, going about sixty or seventy miles an hour, which is probably what the yeah. cars, the F1 cars, are doing around that corner, anyway, on the safety car. So that isn't an unsafe scenario. You're not going to suddenly swerve into it because you see a stopped vehicle. Puncture. Oh, that's just such like. <laughs> it could There's... happen. It could happen. It's such like one in a, a billion but chance. The, the, of thing that is the, the, the point you've said about obviously they should only do it for certain circumstances. You could strongly argue this was one of those circum- certain circumstances. I disagree. It's a typical recover a car with a crane. Like, is, is someone trying to dig a hole? Sorry? Is someone trying to dig a hole? No. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, okay. Fair I don't know where you're going with that. I don't know where you're trying to lead me. Well, I, uh, yeah, I think for me, it just, again, yeah, I think Hamilton summed it up perfectly, didn't he? You know, at the end of that race during his interview, because of course Hamilton was obviously going to be asked about it. And you know, like he quite rightfully said, they follow, they always, you know, they, they allow racers to finish under a safety car apart from one instance. And you, you can't help but wonder whether he went to sleep that night, last night. And just kind of went, yeah, I really, there, there are some frustrating things about this sport. Because <laughs> the thing is, yeah. well, you know, it, it does raise a good question about where do we draw the line between F1 being a sport and F1 being entertainment. And Formula One has really swung over both sides of this line to more and more extremities over recent times. Mm. You know, both of us can completely understand. Abu Dhabi was set up, that final act was set up the way it was to be dramatic. Yeah, to give because... the drivers 
One it was to completely to avoid it. the anticlimax that was going to happen if it was to finish on the safety car. They could have red flagged that race with one lap to go, let them both get on a fresh set of softs, and then whoever won was whoever won. But again, I think that would there have been... would have probably been a crash. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, especially if Verstappen wasn't leading after turn one. Um, yeah, I just think red. They really don't like going near red flags unless they kind they loved of have him a couple to. of years ago. They did, but then remember those we got so many red flags. Twenty twenty, there were what? There was one at Monza, and there were two, three at Mugello. Three at Mugello. Where was the first yeah. one? I thought there was. There was one two... for the huge crash on the pit straight. There was two early was one... on. I thought. No, no, no. It was three starts. On. So one proper start, one after the big crash and the restart, and one yeah, after and the, one more, the wall. One after that was because stroll, Mugello yeah. is not an F one circuit and shouldn't have really been. Because the tire wall is just all tires. It's FIA grade like, one. It is, but like, it, it's not up to the standard of most tracks because the recovery vehicles have to, like, you can't it's get them FIA around the It's FIA grade one. That's the standard. <laughs> yeah, but come on. The fact Stroll's I... the red flag there was a bit insane. Um, but yeah, I think they don't like touching red flags unless there is actually a safety problem or they, the tire Jamie, wall repairing. You, you, you can say it. Don't worry. I don't mind. They don't like what? touching red flags whilst Max is winning. Oh, come on. You're better <laughs> than that. <You're> so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's... Yeah, I'm sure there were a couple of uncomfortable conversations last night after the Grand Prix. The only um, thing that was weird is that the safety car picked up the wrong car. That was something that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> Yeah, that shouldn't have happened in the first. I mean, it was just a bit of a disaster, wasn't it? It was. Like, like the thing yeah. is, they, they make an absolute hash of Abu Dhabi last year, and it's a disaster. And they do exactly the opposite this time, and still make it an absolute disaster. Yeah, only the safety car only picked in up Formula Russell, One, who was yeah. like, you know, the safety car situation. They it comes out of the pits. It's got the green it was light because on the back. Verstappen pit. So they thought yeah. Russell was then leading because he was nearly a lap behind Max. Yeah. Which is just a complete lack of communication. But, yeah. I, the fact... So you basically had Russell... What would it have been? Russell Perez uh, signs Hamilton. No, Russell signs Hamilton Perez. Hamilton sorry. Perez, yeah. Um, and then I think it was Verstappen. Or maybe you had like Alonso. No, Alonso was out. Yeah. You had something else and then Verstappen. But anyway, they just picked up like five cars too soon. Because I was watching the Channel 4. They were getting... When they did let the lap cars, like not the lap cars, sorry, when they let Russell and those lot through who were not a lap down, they thought that was at that point they got the message saying lap cars may not overtake. And then they started crying because Bottas didn't go through, who was lapped. Yeah. Cause he but that wasn't radio, the case. I think. He, that wasn't the case anyway, because the lap cars were never told to pass. They only told the safety car to pick up the right driver, yeah. which allowed letting yeah. Russell and those lot through. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a bit of a mess. I do think they could have restarted without doing the lapped cars. They did have time for that, but then that almost defeats the point because Verstappen had two cars between him and Leclerc anyway. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's that fine line, isn't it, I think now? Because I honestly, at this point, if, say, you have a safety car within the last five laps, I would be fine with them. Yeah, I get it. Doesn't, it's the problem, isn't it? I I feel like I want to say I'd be fine with them just red flagging it and letting everyone bolt on a fresh set of tyres. But it does then. I mean, you're going to get some bizarre incident down the line, aren't you, where someone's absolutely, again, like Hamilton, for example, in Abu Dhabi last year, dominates the Grand Prix and then bunches everyone back up and then he gets screwed. Or and also, like that's that. just artificial if you're like, if we get a safety car, we're going to have a red flag. because. So you're telling me you don't like artificial finishes? <laughs> but like, teams... Obviously, these things happen in Formula One. If you need a red flag, have one. But like teams legislate for doing like the best strategy for a fifty-three lap race. If safety cars safety come up, cars then they think on their anyway. feet. Yeah, but safety cars are necessary in certain situations. If you're like, we're always gonna have red flags in the last five laps. People would just start gambling on doing the best strategy for forty-eight laps, and then hope there's a retirement. But make it exciting. It would. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not Formula One anymore. That's Formula it's One is a complicated matter. I tell you what. Yeah. I tell you what. But yeah, difficult. I don't diff- think it, difficult it was, viewing. I think at the end. I of the don't day. think controversial is the right. It was just messy because they did um, everything by the book. Mm, mm, mm. 
Oh, I think we'll, we'll agree to disagree. Because the only controversy is people bringing up Abu Dhabi. There was nothing particularly controversial about this one. Yeah, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? This one wasn't controversial in itself. But the fact that obviously... The problem is, I think, for a lot of people still, is obviously the fact that Abu Dhabi happened and set a new precedent for a lot of people. But And there's, mm. there's only okay. so many times you can tell people they did it wrong there and then not... Obviously, yeah, it's just so difficult. But they did... That's the thing. Abu Dhabi... Arguably, so it set a precedent. If it did, it set a precedent. Okay, they then had an inquiry and said this was incorrect. So we're gonna go do it properly. This time they've done it properly, and people are like Abu Dhabi is wrong. It's like yeah, we know that. We decided that in March. So They're doing it right this time. The right driver the championship. But they can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> they can. They've got five years actually. Did you know this? I found out this fascinating last week. They got five years um, to do you know, to change results like that. They, they but could what still they, genuinely, what to they this do? day, go back two laps and reinstate Hamilton as world champion if they wanted. That's, it just wouldn't ever It's happen, mad, it? isn't it? Imagine they the do only thing they would do, <laughs> They would completely absolve Abu Dhabi as a Grand Prix, in which case Verstappen would win because he was ahead on countback going into the race. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, yeah. you'd have all everything else and this, that and the other, isn't it? It's just, and Hamilton I, shouldn't I, have gone I, off again. at Imola anyway. So. What do you mean? Well... Say he still recovered a P two that race. What are you on about? Yeah, due to a lucky red flag. How about that? And <laughs> uh, yeah, I think on. it just—I just want to say I think. Let us know who you agree with more. Fan. I feel like I'm more reasonable in this scenario. No, I feel like you're happy that Max won both races here. <laughs> I really do. I, I, I mean, like, this season to me I is feel done. Like it's a won lot easier when your driver won both races. I just want an interesting season at this point. Like I, I know Verstappen's won the championship. I really do not care how many more races he wins, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah, I feel like... like I just want interesting races, and I feel like they couldn't have done much more in this situation. Okay. Yeah, I feel, Apart I feel from like pick up the leader. I feel, yeah, there's there's going to be some begging to differ. I feel like you want to believe you're taking a measured response here, and I, I just don't see it that way. No, I am. Um, but we'll, <laughs> we'll move on. We'll, we'll move on away from the end of the Grand Prix. So it was Max Verstappen uh, that won... Uh, the Italian Grand Prix there, of course, ahead of Charles Leclerc. Uh, George Russell, again, just kind of picks up a podium out of nowhere, doesn't he? Just kind of appears yeah. there yeah, on the podium the once again. Uh, Sight P4, good recovery by him. Hamilton P5 and Sergio Perez P6. So very, very good recovery drives by all of those drivers. Uh, Lando Norris P7, if I remember correctly. Yep. Gasly And then eighth. it was Gasly 8th. Nick DeFries 9th. Points on debut. First time since Snowder. Uh, which now no, would have been a brilliant no. time to interject with your quiz. Oh, uh, sorry, Joe Guan Yu. Thank you. Did Joe Guan Yu? I'm not convinced he did. He did. He came tenth. What are you on about? <laughs> I, I'm adamant. I don't remember this happening. Oh yeah, because both Red stacked it, didn't they? They both Red Bulls stopped. Yeah. Um, he overtook Schumacher on the second last lap, and then he would have yeah. finished ninth, but that was a yellow flag because Perez spun. Uh, he yes. was about to overtake Alonso, and then there's a yellow flag out. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll allow that for now. But to be um, fair, I was very happy with Joe's race, other than he definitely should have beaten De Vries, I think, over okay. the course of the race. I think that Williams was a strong little package. I, the it thing was, is, I it think was. as well, I don't think Albon would have finished any higher than De Vries did. Potentially eighth. I think Gasly was there for the taking. Um, Potentially. Yeah. But I don't. I think it was just kind of a perfect storm, wasn't it, for De Vries? Because yeah. I yeah, like yeah. the guy. But he's not quite this young breed of... He's not in he's with the Atlantos, your Alvins, <laughs> and your George Russells. He's 27 still at the end of the day. He's a Dutch GMS. Would I, would I like to see him replace Latifi next year? Absolutely. Would I yeah. rather see someone else take that place? Depending on yeah. the driver, probably. Logan Sargent. Get him in. Mm, you're I, 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 that's another one. I pinned my colours to the mast in about Silverstone time with Sargent. It's just all gone. And he's been Absolutely awful. <laughs> It is impressive. Um, let's discuss then, Jamie. Uh, driver of the day. Are we, are we giving that to Nick DeFries? No, I'm going to give it to Carlos Sainz. I think it was top. Okay. Very, very good overtaking. Early race. Overtook anywhere. Okay. I, w I will go with a fan favourite. I'm going to say Nick DeFries, a driver of the day. Let's head over then. F1 fantasy time. Mm. I am not looking forward to this because I, I feel saw my team I out. had a nightmare. I saw my team out on Friday uh, and then I was playing a football match on Saturday morning so I didn't have time to see that Alban was ill. So I had Alban on my team. That became De Vries. But 
I was annoyed about that until De Vries started doing well. So yeah, that was uh, fun. Give give me the number. I don't want to know how much I lost. I am actually this just week. logging in. Oh wait, I've already logged in. Um, I am on one hundred and ninety six. Oh. <laughs> what about you? What are you saying? One hundred and thirty three. Oh, that hurts. It was That's... not a fun weekend. I had I bot. Out, I swapped out because I was worried. I put Bottas in my team in a blind panic, and then I had Alonso and Alpine as well, who just spent Bottas the has gone missing thought... since Canada, by the way. He basically um, has, hasn't he? I mean, I put Alpine in there as well, which I thought straight lines Alpine car. That's going to be some good points, and Alonso as well. Uh, I turboed Perez. It was just a absolute disaster from start to finish i mean bottas alpine and alonso between them netted me minus four points <laughs> that's not not good going half Meanwhile, my team had... netted me minus four well three of my team verstappen turbo leclerc and ferrari uh oh, oh that's gonna be difficult to work out 45 give me the numbers 70 at 52 we're looking at 115 we're looking at 167 oh you can tell he's a banker in here Hey? Yeah, you did well, maths. You, at, you did maths. I at didn't uni. do maths. I attempted to do maths and failed after one year. So I switched <laughs> it up. <laughs> I can see why you can't add a three two to do. I'm numbers. a materials engineer, and I've you know. Um, I genuinely didn't know that's what you did. No, yeah, there you go. Three years down the line, useful? what a friend. Uh, yeah, so pretty good for me. I'm up to where am I in your league? In oh, our league, sorry. Oh, I'm only up. I'm only up eight places actually. I'm our league. Sorry, what, what's the name of the league again? Uh, no, Wheel Podcast League. Uh, it's not quite that, I don't think. No, it's not. Uh, Matt Two on Two's league. I'm two hundred and forty second. Oh, I don't even so, know where I'm at. I don't even want to. Well, you're in where I'm in the mud, isn't it? So um, yeah, yeah, I, I eight hundred sixty-sixth. That's poor. That's that's yeah, not great. Still got a turbo, a mega, sorry to play. So yeah, yeah, it's all going well. Oh, do you want to give us a rundown of this week's top 10 then, Jamie? How many points yes, would it have taken I'll to get inside it. that top 10? So, yeah, we had P1 of the week was Oliver L. Uh, with, oh, everyone's played the Mega, but it's Mega Verstappen, Turbo Leclerc, Norris, both Hasses and Ferrari. Interesting. That is a very um, big gamble, but fair yeah, play. Yeah, it worked out. Uh, on 306 points was the most. Dave T in second place, 303 no, Michael, no. It's third place. We love that. Uh, <laughs> on 302, uh, where half your name is censored, which is, I, unfortunately, I can't read it out, but it's Greek. Um, so there you go. Uh, Honestly, yeah, we have Matthew. Yeah, it's three letters, and it's, it's blank, 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 and then N-I-S-I-S. No idea. But, yeah, Matthew S. in fourth, Ativ in fifth, we had Undertaker in 6th, Christian R in 7th, Jason L 8th. Losing on Porpoise, I love that name, that's unreal. <laughs> and then AD Mitchie in P9 and Paul K in 10th place. So 281 was the magic number to get in the top 10. 281 so if I'd have, this week. Again, if I had a Megan Verstappen and got 90 extra points, uh, I, would have, I would have been in. You would have been. Yeah, you have had a really, really good run so yeah. far. The second half this year. Um, what what is the top score anyone's got in the world, Jamie? Currently, can you have a quick look? I'm I'm still intrigued. Bless him. I do feel sorry for Max, but I'm intrigued to see how well he's that hanging mega on. Mega Hamilton in there. was so yeah poor. That was so just. I mean, risky is the word we were going to use, but. Uh, three thousand four hundred and twenty-five. Oh, I'm so sorry, Max. It's not been great for you, mate. Uh, so, Ma I mean, Max still leads our league. 90 points clear still at the front of the field with 3,266. Um, but Larry T, 3,176. Bryce G, 3,175. And Dipan K on 3,172. Four points across those three. And they've all still got their Mega Driver. So we could see Max, unfortunately, drop back down the order a bit by the end of the year. Uh, Nahal V is sat in P5 ahead of Rosario uh, in P6 there from Argentina. Philip with the Volvo 240, <laughs> uh, hashtag 17 Global 2021, which I want to double check. I feel like is a world touring car. 
I have no idea. That's your realm. <laughs> say, nope. It's a really old Volvo by the looks of it. Oh, I love it. Uh, which I also did think of Volvo Two Forty was that. So fair play. I'm loving that team name. Uh, Timo is still P8 there uh, with three thousand one hundred forty-one. Then we got Joshua C and Carlos still just nestled inside that top ten. Three thousand one hundred thirty-three points. Uh, you'd need currently to be in the top ten. Sorry, Carlos I'm not is tied miles, with TB. You, if you finish P10 in my league this year, I'm going to be very heartbroken. <laughs> I don't think it will happen. I need, I want two eight nine eight. So I need. Oh yeah, you're going to need a miracle. Wait, two hundred thirty. Need... Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen unless everyone inside the top ten gets destroyed. Yeah. Um, our predictions though, Jamie, they weren't a complete nightmare for me. We were kind of both a bit destroyed again because of all the penalties that yeah. got announced after we made our predictions i did all right though uh i don't know if we you both saw did I, was, right. I was one overtake away from getting bang on podium so that's been quite nice uh oh, yeah. Yeah, so damn I think... it. yeah you did do better than me at the end yeah i did I forgot about that. yeah oh, so no. i had a uh we both have a zap and pole obviously penalties put pay to you... that I feel like you said Sainz, Verstappen, Sainz, Leclerc this weekend. No, I didn't. Of course I said Verstappen, Leclerc, Sainz. Come on, don't even bother checking. Uh, did yeah, you say I that said, and I put the graphic I actually don't wrong? know. I'm almost certain I did put Leclerc second. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had Verstappen, Leclerc ahead of Sainz with my top three, which without penalties would have been bang on all weekend. But there we go. <laughs> um. Yeah, and you had, I think, a Rebel 1 2 for Staffan Perez and Leclerc. Yes. So yeah, we you both got went three. for Staffan Pole. Uh, no, I yeah, got so four. I only lost one point this week, which brings the scores up to 53 to. Uh, sorry, 56 even to 42. Um, yeah. Which, which, is, not long which left. is not great. I not suppose with eight points still. a race, that it's going to go until the wire, just in case. Yeah, 10 points uh, in Brazil. Yeah, 10 points in Brazil. So it would be unlikely to be decided much before Abu Dhabi. <laughs> No, exactly, exactly. And honestly, for me, that gives me a false sense of hope. Um, yeah. Speaking of hope going into Abu Dhabi, Lewis Hamilton officially is out of the championship hunt this year. Wow, there we go. Crazy, crazy scenes. And here I was thinking a summer break, he was going to recover this and win the title. Yeah, oh, how wrong I was. Up. He's had not the best run of form since then, has he? No, no, but we move, we move. Uh, race rating then, Jamie, to round us out. We've kind of smashed through the second half of the show, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, it, I'm, I'm basically any European race I've got to watch on delay now, um, which is a shame because I'm working Sundays. It's well, not um, that bad when we're leaving Europe. <laughs> no, I suppose, yeah, it'll be all right after this. Uh, we literally just yeah, finished the I European leg of the year. I didn't get a complete picture of the whole race to watch live, but I got the Channel 4 highlights, which are about an hour and a half long. Um, it wasn't great. <laughs> I'll put that out there. I'll give it a, a five. Oh, I think that's a... Actually, yeah, I forgot about the finish. I'm going with a five as well. <laughs> I wasn't even marking down the finish. I was. It was just... I, I am. Yeah. I am marking down the finish. I think that's one of the worst races we've given this year. Yeah. To be honest. It wasn't, it wasn't... To be fair, it was pretty bad if you compare it... it to a lot of the races. Well, it's weird, isn't it? We've kind of now got used to a lot of cars being able to battle, um, which is a bizarre complaint to have in Formula yeah. 1. But we've, yeah. now, we've kind of just become sort of immune now to... We've been racing. treated too well, yeah. We have, we have this year. So, yeah, an interesting race from the Italian Grand Prix. But anything else to talk about then, Jamie, before we wrap up this monster of a show? Yeah, we spent too long talking about F3 at the start, I'll put it, put it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm... I don't think we've got anything else. Sorry, I just checked no. Twitter and football's going mental. Yeah, I was going to say, we so, always yeah. have to check F1 News. <laughs> Always got to check the F1 news before we leave. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, now obviously we've got a few break weeks from Formula 1. Of course, we will be back next Tuesday uh, with sort of a normal show. We might do a bit of a recap. We might do some reactions. We might do something else. You don't really know. Maybe we'll respond to some of your hot takes uh, down in the comments below. But thank you all so much for listening. If you have enjoyed, please do make sure you leave a like and get yourself subscribed. Make sure you click the links down below to follow us on Spotify as well. And we'll be back very, very soon with more Knowing Wheel.